0: Hi everyone. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Morgan Harper, VP of Knowledge Management at Lisc, and I'm joined today as always by Maurice for his monthly podcast. Maurice, thanks for coming. Thanks for your for, for me. your own monthly podcast. Thanks for having me. And we have our special guest rejoining us today, Helene Caloyer. Hi Helene, joining by phone.
1: Hi Morgan and Maurice. Good morning. Good morning.
0: So we're actually picking up on the last theme that we had, the same theme, where we didn't get as much time to actually talk about the program itself, the zombie revitalization program. So we wanted to invite invite Helene back um, to talk a little bit more about that. And actually pick up on one of the themes that you mentioned at the end of our last discussion, Maurice, about every neighborhood or community has assets and wanting to do these types of programs to build off of those assets and a recognition of that. So, um, you know, I guess to to pick back up on our, our discussion of the program. So, Maurice, how... How do we define success then? How do these types of vacant property revitalization efforts tie into larger neighborhood rebuilding strategies? And, and what are you seeing globally um, across the country?
2: Yeah. So they tie in in the, in the following ways to look. the Within a neighborhood, you have physical assets and you have human assets, right? Those are the building blocks of growth, of dynamism. And you have to do those things that will lead to both classes of assets, if you will, uh, appreciating in value. Uh, What that means for the physical assets in this case is getting them out of this ambiguous zone So that you can have homeowners and others investing in uh, maintaining and improving the properties, Mm -hmm. which in turn help to increase the value of assets that surround them, which um, which gives a particular neighborhood a chance to attract other kinds of investments. Uh, so this and, is at and, the end and of the So day, how would you
0: measure that specifically, though? What is uh, that? Is that a, a literal you, measurement you of appreciation? You can measure it in a
2: number of ways, right? You can measure it by the property values of the properties that both you're investing in or getting out of this ambiguous zone, and the property values of the assets, the physical assets that surround them, that are in the rest of that neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. That's a very concrete way of measuring are you having a positive impact on that particular neighborhood? Uh, But other ways of uh, measuring it include um, other physical assets uh, being uh, launched or deployed or maintained or improved within the neighborhood, right? So there's a concrete way of measuring are you maintaining or growing the value of the assets that you are particularly talking about here, and then are people investing in other assets in the neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. Are you attracting other investments to that neighborhood? And you can measure property values and taxes being paid and those kinds of things as well. Now, you have the people side as well. We can talk about that in a bit. But physically, it's about what, which way uh, – in what direction are the or in what direction is the value of the property at hand and in the property that surrounds that property? Which way is the value going? If it's going, if it's stabilizing or going up, then you know that the um, actions that you're taking are having the impact that you desire. If they're not, then there are other things that mm-hmm. we need to be considering doing.
0: Pauline, is that pretty consistent with how you all are measuring success in New York State?
1: Uh, yes. I mean, what's been really amazing with this grant program, and just to recap very quickly, uh, we've made grants to 76 um, cities, towns, and villages all over um, New York State, places with as few as 5,000 residents and as populated as New York City at 8.5 million and these are fairly small grants, you know, in size from 50000 to 350000 But it's almost a little bit of priming the pump, you might say, that, I mean, this doesn't have um, – this isn't used for bricks and mortar, but it's used for evaluating the scope of the vacants problem. And really, these vacants are assets, as Maurice is talking about. When they're sitting vacant, when they're declining their liabilities – But they're a real resource for these communities, and especially as housing markets are starting to revive, especially in upstate New York, there's a real demand for housing and quality, affordable housing. And you've got all these uh, vacants pulling down neighborhoods that could really be housing people. So, um, yes, so it's turning what, you know, is ordinarily viewed as a liability into a physical asset. And then the people assets, I have to say what I've really observed um, just working with all these people around the state, is that there are a lot of members of communities and government officials and nonprofits, so many people at the table with a real passion Mm -hmm. for, um, for their communities and neighborhoods and for rebuilding them. And so all that ingenuity, all that energy, uh, just, you know, giving people a few resources can really go a long way in helping them uh, launch their own um, programs and ideas and their own successes.
2: Let me add a, another <clears throat> another element to this. So you've got, uh, as Helene was hitting on, so you've got property values appreciating, right? That's what we want. You've also got vacants becoming non vacants, right? Mm-hmm. You've got you've got demand from people moving into the neighborhood. So these are all ways that you measure. The the other piece <clears throat> and perhaps one of the most important pieces is uh is there an identity emerging of that neighborhood or in that neighborhood? In in other words, there is the social cohesion issue as mm-hmm. well, that is a huge asset, right? Are people claiming ownership of the physical assets uh, of the neighborhood, and which means are they owning the neighborhood as theirs? And, and that's what do you mean you they're want.
0: owning owning the neighborhood?
2: Meaning that they are making sure that their properties are being cared for, that they're not being neglected, that places that are uh, potential risk for crime, for example, or lack of safety, are places that the community is determined. The residents. That the residents are determined it's theirs, Mm -hmm. right? And they are owning it uh, because that keeps out the kinds of things that make communities unsafe. And so this is about, uh, yes, the physical assets being owned, but even more importantly, the sense of a neighborhood being owned by a collection of people, mm-hmm. right? That's the best way to ensure growth and vitality of a neighborhood and to minimize risk of those things that can impair a neighborhood such as, uh, such as crime. My my, uh, my grandmother used to say to me all the time, boy, don't go out of this house acting like you ain't got no folks, right? Mm-hmm. And that meant a lot of things for her. But the the big piece w- was her letting me know <laughs> that I'm hers, mm-hmm. right, that she cares about me and she's going to do everything she can to ensure that I uh, that I get off on the right foot. Well, that's the same thing about a neighborhood. You need a collection of folks, individuals and families, owning a neighborhood, claiming it as theirs, uh, not seeing anything that they're agnostic about. And that's what one of the big assets uh, is when you've got people moving in and taking over vacant places and making it theirs.
0: So Helene, that might be a good chance to talk a little bit more in detail about what these initiatives look like in municipalities. I know the integrated services or systems approach was a big part of it. Um, Could you talk a little bit about how that works and then also how residents, like Maurice was referencing, are brought into the fold of those efforts?
1: Okay. I just have to say, Maurice, uh, that my mom used to say the same thing. (laughs) there you go. (laughs) Apparently your grandma and my mom were (laughs) talking. Same Um,
2: school, same school.
1: Right, uh, so um, in terms of integrated approach, uh what's been really successful with these grants is uh municipalities using some funding to um either hire or designate a position within their within their local government to be what we'd call the quarterback, someone who really owns the bacon's issue and the zombies issue. And can elevate it within um, within the municipality, get buy-in from the various departments, um, organize everyone who's working or touching property in some way into task forces where they can sit down and brainstorm about. The list of problem properties, you know who's already got some contact with them is fire at the, you know is fire going out is uh police going are police uh, responding to calls um is there an issue with uh non payment of taxes and once you have those people around the table, you can really come up with problem-solving approaches. And so a number of the municipalities have adopted this model. Um, Albany, um, Rochester, Niagara Falls, um, and a legal model in Riverhead out on Long Island where really there's someone who owns the issue. And once you have someone owning the issue, you can really have movement. And as you have movement, as properties begin to be reclaimed and repurposed, You have that energy, and you have people feeling excited and proud. And one good example is that Syracuse, um, in using the zombie law that we mentioned last time, where basically um, banks need to maintain vacants on which they have liens, Mm -hmm. um, Syracuse is using that as leverage to, when banks aren't maintaining those properties, Uh, They use some of our money as seed money to then go out and repair those properties externally. You know, a paint job, fixing the porch, cleaning out the yard. And interestingly, and then they um, bill the bank and the owner. And if the bill doesn't get paid, it gets added to the tax bill. And there's a pretty high rate of payment of the tax bills. (laughs) Um, So, um, but... What's interesting about this is that as the contractors go out and start working on these properties, the community wants to know, is this house for sale? You know, it's now looking spruced up. It's looking like it's possible to repair it, whereas before it might have been looking very sad and isolated and deteriorated. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, the bank is getting calls saying, can we buy it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so this builds a momentum. I mean, it benefits a lot of different players, but Mm -hmm. especially the community. And you can't discount the psychology of people seeing what's been a real ice war and a problem and a crime magnet all of a sudden turning into an asset. So I think that really brings a certain amount of psychological um, momentum <laughs> to to
0: this work. And, and to close things out a little bit because I know we're, as always, short on time. But, you know, I'm sitting in a, a city or a state that doesn't have an attorney general who has advanced this type of uh, litigation and settlement and, and released funds or having the legislation that's necessary that we've mentioned before. How do you go about replic- replicating or scaling uh, to address what we know has, was a national foreclosure crisis with uh, the resulting vacant properties? What are some tips, Maurice, Helene, or, or places to get started?
1: What's been so interesting is that a lot of this work can be done without additional funds. Uh, of course, money always helps, but designating someone within your local government to be to own the vacant issue and to organize um, the work around addressing vacants is is a powerful tool. And we also have, in addition to municipalities meeting internally amongst their departments, we also have municipalities organizing themselves and meeting as a group to brainstorm together on the different issues. Like a peer network. You know, bad actors. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I would just add <clears throat> the, the key is this uh, – is there someone willing to own this opportunity? Mm-hmm. Whether it's lo- – in an ideal world, it's some combination of local government and um, the nonprofit sector,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, the philanthropic sector. But you, you need a quarterback um, or a point guard, whichever season we're in now. <laughs> who will own this uh, issue and um, and pull together a collaboration around getting it done and and as long as you have that you can make progress on this issue in every community around the country but that's the key someone needs to own it
0: Great. Well, thank you both for joining us again and uh, speaking more about the zombie program. Helene, thanks especially to you and your patience And uh, and again, congrats on pulling off what we've already talked about is a, a fantastic program around the state.
2: More to come. More to come. Thanks.
1: Okay. Thanks a lot, Morgan. Thanks, Maureen. Okay, thanks.